So welcome to this week's edition of the Retech Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by the fabulous Catherine Biggs. Now, Catherine is Head of Global Strategic Communications at Parcel Lab, and more on Parcel Lab in a moment. Now, Catherine is a marketing expert, passionate about e-commerce, innovation, technology, and most importantly, fitness classes, both teaching and taking, so super impressive. Now, experience in communications, PR content, public speaking demand, and lead generation, all sorts of go-to-market strategies, which again, we will come on to in a moment. And an area close to my own heart as well, Catherine likes to hunt out the best new restaurants in London. So what a great pastime that is. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. So before we get into Parcel Lab and and your day-to-day, talk to me about you personally, your career today. Did you sit there at school thinking, do you know what, I want to get into retail and e-commerce, that's my future? Or or was there something else that was actually your intended career? So if you'd asked me when I was about 14, um, I really wanted to go study in Spain and become a lawyer. So very different, wanted to do law in Spanish. Why not make it hard for myself? Um, And then I kind of had this realization in sixth form, I guess, um, as I was finishing school and was like, actually, psychology is really interesting to me the way that humans behave um, especially consumer psychology and human psychology Um, so then I went to university did psychology at Northumbria University which is a very human focused course rather than some of them obviously are more medicine focused Mm -hmm. suited me far more this way Um, and from there yeah I'd always planned then to go into marketing Um, not necessarily into retail but actually e-commerce huge passion of mine um used to shop a lot have tried to scale that back as I've become more sustainable but really interested in like customer experience and creating better experiences for people when they are shopping online but also in store as well so it's happened quite naturally and actually my first job out of uni was um in retail so as an antique jewelers in Newcastle um and that kind of ignited it and I was like this is really interesting how people shop and how it varies depending on the industry category and all that sort of stuff wow so you actually were at the coal face of retail in a physical store to kick things off then yeah and it was a it was a funny one so it was a kind of hybrid sales and marketing role um so did kind of content for the website blogs um product descriptions all that sort of stuff as well as their social but then also actually selling you know very expensive jewelry to people in store so it was a really great kind of synergy of the two things to get to know the industry behind the scenes um, as well as also how to market it as well. So did you rock up into that established retail business being the sort of the the go-to for everything e-com social media you just got the you got everything just going there you go you're very well educated very smart clearly of the right age just going out of uni at that point bang there you go it's all yours. Yeah, kind of. So it was a quite small business, family run. Um, I think there was maybe 10 of us at the time. So it was very much one of those you pitch in and you do a bit of everything. And I had a great, their marketing manager was awesome at the time and kind of knew that I wanted to go into that industry and said, look, let's bring you into that as well um, and help and give you those first initial skills. We all need that person at the beginning of our careers, don't we? Um, So, so thankful for her that she also let me kind of shadow her um, and go into that, which is awesome. Amazing. And then fast forward to today, here you are at Parcel Lab, you know, one of the main players in the business, very sort of hands on and steering the direction. Before we get into that, I know the business, you know the business, 
not everybody will know Parcel Lab. Tell me a little bit about what it does, history, size, where it's going, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we were originally founded in Munich in Germany, um, coming up to seven years ago. Um, so obviously started as a um, startup. We are now officially a scale up. We're about to have our 200th um, employee join us, which is awesome. The growth trajectory in those seven years has been amazing. Um, and last year we secured our Series C funding. So we got 112 million dollars, huge amount of money um, to keep growing the business. Um, and what we do, so we specialize in post-purchase communication and also returns communication, which actually that's how we started. And then we acknowledged we're a bit more than that. So we actually created our own category, which is operations experience management or OXM, if we want to abbreviate. So we don't have to keep saying that a bit easier. Um, and what we actually acknowledged was we're about so much more than just communication and actually customer journeys need to bring in experience across all operational functions um, and outside of just traditional retail as well. So when you go into then manufacturing, for example, um, parts get shipped and if that doesn't arrive, everything breaks down in supply chains. So that's kind of where we're now growing the business and creating that category that also encompasses returns as well as that kind of initial area that we're in, which is post-purchase. And it's one of those areas of e-com that I think was neglected, wasn't it, for a long time. The shiny bit at the front end was brilliant and we all jumped in and then, oh, I need to, you know, it just, it just broke down at that point. So I imagine you're, you know, super busy. Yes, you've created the category, but there can't be a single business who trades online that you guys shouldn't be talking to. So I imagine super exciting times. A hundred percent. And that's the awesome thing is that we have such a scope from our sales team side. Um, and it's a really exciting product for them to sell as well, because I think it's one of those, if you don't really think about it, and I think, as you say, a lot of people neglected it, but when you then know about it and you have educated people, suddenly you get people coming back to you and be like, oh, you know that I ordered something online the other day, awful experience. All I got was like one, one notification to say I've been dispatched and then nothing. And I think once people start to know, you start to realize actually, why are we accepting this experience? And I think the pandemic highlighted this even more. Supply chain issues, delays, obviously with COVID absences, everything became a lot more delayed. And that need for communication and to know what was going on in also a world where we had no control became re suddenly really important. And I think the last couple of years have been actually really exciting for us as a business. And we've really grown into that. And I think that's also, you can see from that Series C funding, the need for this kind of product in the space and the need to create those better experiences for people online. And I guess you, when you're you know, placing your orders for your e-com business, you can, you can go to the companies that have your solution, whereas the rest of us place an order, as I did recently, with a very high-end brand for some expensive products. And the experience of shipping was awful. And having ordered two sizes and wanting to return one, that made the, the inbound process seem brilliant because trying to return the damn thing was, was nigh on uh, impossible. And uh, yeah, uh, long may your march to domination continue <laughs> because we need more of that. So look, talk to me about your day-to-day. You know, approaching to 200 people, I guess, for a large part of the growth, you've worn many hats in your business. But Catherine walks in in the morning, sits down at the desk, possibly having done that spin class first thing in the morning, <laughs> being very fabulous uh, and, and putting us all to shame. 
what what what's on your desk what's in front of you what are you focusing on yeah so um definitely used to be a many hats person um i was our first uk marketing person just over three years ago so used to that um bit of everything role but what's great now obviously as we've grown i'm now in that um pure focus of our comm strategy um so it's all of our pr we have awesome pr agencies that we work with um that have secured us amazing coverage um and we've done a lot of consumer research as part of our campaign there for communications to really educate retailers on the market and actually what their consumers are wanting from them in our space um so yeah huge part of my day is our pr strategy um but also we uh release a lot of research so we're being described by many people as content machines it's always been our strategy content has been key for us and actually each year we analyze um the top retailers in every one of our key markets across the entire buying journey so from checkout right through to returns i think it's something like 64 data points we look at uh, about 150 to 200 retailers in each market um and that then gives us a great benchmarking to see how the markets are growing what are they investing in? Are they investing in more delivery options? Are they investing, hopefully, in post-purchase and returns communication? Um, so a huge part of my day-to-day is, yeah, driving those campaigns forward and getting those to the great retailers who, when they get their hands on this research, find it so valuable for their business as well. It's kind of free competitor analysis for them, I guess, is the easiest way to describe it. And I bet the uh, the girls and guys in your uh, sales team, you know, look forward to that public. I mean, that really has to be, uh, you know, you talk about not needing to push hard or an open door. I mean, that kind of information, you know, I imagine, you know, people looking for it, you know, waiting for it. And like you say, competitor of analysis, you know, if ever you're trying to build a case study, if somebody provides you with you know, a large slab of that to go in as well, then uh, yeah, great, great approach. The top people from the top organizations with the latest thinking about the best strategies to use in the greatest industry on earth, retail. The Retail Conference from the Retail Bulletin, exclusively at Retech Europe, 8th and 9th of November. Search The Retail Conference for more details. From that that sort of point of view, getting that message out there do you then um is that social media do you publish physical reports i know i've seen you guys at trade events handing it out is it is that all in your remit as well and you decide how to disseminate that yeah basically so um we used to print them um which was awesome because it feels great to have that piece of work in front of you but you know save the trees um we no longer do that which is great and now that we distribute it on a whole host of different channels. Uh, we work with content syndication partners. Our social media is hugely important for that. Um, and as you say, um, lots of events like the Retail Bulletin ones as well, um, where we talk about this data um, and then also share it with um, attendees afterwards, ungated, so that they can actually just enjoy it without having to hand over their details, which is always nice. <laughs> yeah, people will like that. Well, I'm guessing if anybody's uh listening to this wants a copy they can either hunt you down on linkedin or go to your website and find that Definitely. now when i was uh you know and i know i know the parcel lab brand and you've been growing rapidly but did i see you've got something like 400 retail customers already 
signed up and using the technology. I mean, I'd have put it at 10 or 20% of that and still thought you were doing exceptionally well, but that's a, that's a hell of a retail roster. Talk to me a little bit more about the profile and, and who's in there and who can you talk about and name? Yeah, of course. So um, I think when we last looked at it, so it's 300, I guess, brands but within that we have about 800 retailers because obviously wow. you have people like the hut group who have numerous brands within their remit so yeah it's a huge amount of people um that we do work with um and we work with some great brands like farfetch um also we work with nespresso bose hotel chocolat we recently also onboarded uh watches of switzerland there's a whole host um of those ones which is awesome that we also have customers in different industries. It's really exciting for me from a comms perspective and customer stories is actually what those customers want in each of those industries does differ. And you take watches of Switzerland, for example, huge luxury business, amazing in-store experience. And what they actually noticed was their online orders were increasing and actually they need to replicate what they're seeing in store online. So while it might not be a huge enterprise business on that online, actually what they're seeing is the need for it from a luxury standpoint, which is awesome. So yeah, in terms of who we, I guess, kind of target, it is those enterprise businesses, but also those medium size where they have those high order value, um, that that's when they really see benefit from our platform as well. Interesting. I think all but one of those brands, well, all of those brands, uh, the Besant household has bought from and all but one of them actually ships something to us probably in the last three or four weeks. So, oh, awesome. <laughs> there you go. Fascinating to know that. You see, I'll be, I'll be paying more attention to, to those customers. Now, um, you know, you guys continue to operate or have progressed and operate at the very top of the e-com industry. I, I'm interested in your philosophy. What qualities do you think retailers are looking for in sort of a, a modern vendor partner to succeed? Because there's some great tech out there that doesn't do so well. People like yourselves have got great tech that does do well. How do you put yourself forward as a vendor to sort of operate? I'm, you know, I would say I would see you as a, as a partner opposed to a vendor. Yeah. But without me putting words in your, in your mouth, you know, talk to me a little bit more about the Fossil Lab ethos. Yeah, you've definitely um, hit the nail on the head there. We definitely see ourselves as a partner um, and also as an extension of a retailer. Our teams, um, our onboarding teams, and also then our account management teams are very much seen as part of the businesses that we work for. Um, and we actually had, I think it was quoted in our Farfetch one that they saw as, as an extension of their business um, in their operations in that sense. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, that's how we wanna market ourselves. I'm a huge advocate of human to human marketing. I don't believe really in B2C or B2B or all the different ones. We're all humans. We all want to talk to humans. And that's very much our ethos. Um, and that's how we also like to sell. Um, and I think the thing that helps us succeed and keep driving that forward is that we're super agile. I think to succeed as a vendor, especially in the e-commerce space, you need to be agile, flexible, and be able to adapt as your customer needs you to. Um, and also recognize and pull out what they need before they probably even realize they need it because actually you know we're one of hundreds of vendors in the e-commerce space and how many you know sales emails I'm sure everyone listening here gets every day how do you make yourself stand out is those kind of key areas um, and helping them realize this is actually going to benefit your business 
Uh, we're not just trying to sell you another solution. We're trying to sell you something that your customers are going to notice and they're going to comment on and it's going to, you know, increase your positive reviews. You'll get mentions in those reviews saying your delivery communications were amazing. I loved them. Stuff like that is always obviously a great proof point that people are noticing when that experience does change. And when those, you know, when you reach out to those retailers, you know, we've seen everybody sort of getting back together face to face. But, you know, you guys have got at it, not just sending the email going, we're brilliant, but actually going to events and shock horror meeting people and talking to them and saying, you know, might this be of interest to you. So um, you do a number of events during the course of the year. You mentioned the Retail Bulletin, big fans of them here as well. Um, what sort of messages are you going to be putting forward? Obviously, you've got the data that you get, but if somebody you know, meets you face to face at an event, What's the message that you're putting out there? What's what's the, the the focal point? Is it to to ask where they are in the journey, or is there you know have you got the crystal ball out saying this is where we think the market's going and and let us talk to you about it? Yeah, I guess it's kind of a combination of both. We've seen a great adoption of post purchase comms, whether with us or with other players in the market, which is awesome to me that people are now investing in this. You know to acquire a customer is hugely expensive now. Facebook, for example, are making ads super expensive. It's so much harder and actually, why not value the customers you already have? And I'm a huge advocate of it. It kind of almost annoys me when I see, oh, new customers get 25% off, but you know, the person that's been shopping with me for five years, now you just keep paying full price. And I think that's where we need to start changing the attitudes to customer retention and really building that loyalty and making those customers who have been loyal stay and feel appreciated. We all like to feel appreciated in whatever we're doing. And I think those little things, we all love a discount. We all love free delivery, free returns. I think that's where we can really help educate. And also outside of just post-purchase or OXM, we really try at events or when we're speaking to people to help them understand the market as a whole and what else is available to them. We have loads of great partnerships with other vendors to really bring together a unified experience, bringing in stuff like we can plug into chatbots, for example. So someone goes on your website and says, where's my order? It can feed through from our system and tell them so they're not having to wait for an um, agent to join. Those sort of things are just really helpful. Everyone's busy. No one wants to have to sit on a call for 20 minutes while they wait to be connected. If we can remove that frustration from people's lives, that's what's really great for me from our product. Yeah, I think 20 minutes, I'm, I'm going to call out Emirates, two hours to get through to them. They're, they're bottom of my list at the minute. Anyway. <laughs> um, but if you can go on a, uh, on a mission to stop new customers getting the best deal and existing ones getting abused, then, then sign me up to that petition I'm in as well. That's my, my number one hate. Now, um, final question for you, I guess. The future of retail e-commerce yeah a lot of people have seen e-com drop back a little bit with the reopening of stores but i think you know the future is bright to, to cliche the comment you know what does the future look like for for parcel lab you know what are the plans of the business how do you see e-commerce evolving over the next 12 to 24 months what what's your take on it you know if anybody's got an insight on what's happening you know i'm looking to i'm looking to you to give us a uh, a little snapshot but what are your thoughts yeah, I think while we may be out of what people feel the worst of the last couple of years, we're still seeing supply chain issues. And I think I read somewhere 
the other day it will take five years even if everything went straight back to normal today it would take five years for us to actually go back to pre-pandemic the way that things worked so actually the things that are going to change and succeed in those businesses that are really going to drive forward are those ones that are willing to invest in their digital experience but actually look at it from an omni-channel perspective and actually what I loved the other day I went into Zara in store haven't done that honestly in months I'm not a really I'm not a big in-store shopper I'm an avid online shopper I find it easier and the person at the checkout said oh if you open your app and scan the QR code you can have your receipt in the app and I was like this is amazing and I opened the app it knew that I was in store the, the QR code pops up he scans it and then my receipt appears there and this kind of innovation and thinking about what's actually going to make my customers lives easier I have you know a name that's spelt a bit differently when I go into store and they say can I email you a receipt I always say no because I know they're going to spell my name wrong and I'm not going to get a receipt so actually a QR code solves this for me and it's these little things I think that are going to really make retailers stand out and see a different picture Um, and that's what your customers are always so going to notice and also become more loyal for you I think, you know, I was at an event recently and it, someone quoted saying, you know, technology is the thing that's going to transform retail in the next two years. Maybe we're going to see Deliveroo invest in dark clothing stores, how we've got dark kitchens. Are we going to have, I can order something online on Deliveroo and it will arrive from a shop down the road. Mm. Do we need that? I'm not sure. It's not great, but are we going to see more of this kind of instant shopping become more popular it will be interesting I think the next you know 24 months is going to be fascinating for online retail and we are just going to keep growing I don't think consumer behavior is going to change we've all become accustomed to convenience and shopping online and that's what's I think going to remain really yeah interesting point there because yeah I forget now you have maybe or 15 maybe 20 years ago there was businesses such as web vans the one I remember and urban fetch was another I was working in Covent Garden at the time and you could order products and literally a courier or a car would bring it to you instantly. And they had hundreds of millions of dollars worth of funding set up in some big cities around the world. Uh, and all of them went pop because they just couldn't make profit. You know, they were in, in, in the end just sending one cyclist all the way across London to fetch something to bring it back to you for a pound and, and mm. really wasn't sustainable. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see whether, you know, to your point, we do get dark delivery clothes stores it kind of feels as if retailers with the multi-channel using technology like yours can get the product super quick anyway and who knows when amazon air kicks in and everybody else follows suit with the with the drones is that going to bypass where that's going and actually mm. then it's all about the experience but i think you're right it, it it's hurtling towards another few years of dramatic change so uh, uh, long may parcel lab and you continue to be at the forefront uh, of that i think it's terrific what you do um, it's quite funny that you've, you've just called out some of the uh regular brands that we use that use your tech and obviously <laughs> people gravitate towards people that give you a good experience so uh i wasn't even aware of that so so kudos to that um but catherine for now thank you very much for taking the time to join me on this week's edition of the uh, retech podcast it's been amazing and hopefully see you at a physical event sometime soon thank you very much for having me Thank you.